0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Dr. Debbie just came running into the studio here with some exciting news. We'll find out about it in just a couple of seconds here. I understand in just a few minutes, we're going to be having this guy on who's designed a pet chastity belt.
2: That's correct.
1: I can't really... Put my head around that.
2: Yeah, if, if you don't want to get them spayed that early, or there's health reasons they can't be spayed, this kind of protects them from getting pregnant.
1: Okay. Well,
3: there's a When there's a will, there's a way. So I'm curious to see <laughs> if this will work.
1: <laughs> That's for sure. So now tell me about uh, your news. You just came running in here with some oh. exciting news just before we went on the air.
3: Yeah, this goes in, down in the, the, like, uh, the whole history of cool and interesting things that veterinarians get excited about. Yes. And um, so I saw a female dog today, and she actually, believe it or not, has a little bit of a what we call a vestigial penis. So uh-huh. she appears to be a hermaphrodite. So we, um, it's a he- she- dog? Well, it's a girl. And I don't know all the details of where she was spayed or how old and all that. But when I looked at her, um, she's having a lot of vaginal infections. I looked down there and she's got about a, oh, about a half an inch long, what we'd call um, a vestigial penis. So her girl parts have actually enlarged. So it's really kind of cool, not commonly seen. And some dogs are actually born that way with a genetic makeup for having some of the girl parts and some of the boy parts. And then there's some conditions, kind of more what we think with her is that she's had some hormones that are being developed abnormally in her body, and that may be resulting in this kind of growing, if you will. Mm. So it's kind of cool, uh, a little bit of, you know, interesting things. Anytime we see boy or girl parts bigger than they should be we always look at things like hormone creams a lot of people use and that can actually increase some of the size of the uh, mammary areas or the, the vaginal areas in the female dogs so, do you think um, that
1: was related in this particular case
3: does not sound like it in this case but this dog we're working um, uh, doing a workup for more of a adrenal gland problem and the adrenal gland can produce some sex hormones and so we think that may be the clue of that's tying everything in together but it's just an oddity it's kind of curious and you know it's it's just, you know, the dog doesn't know, doesn't mind, sure. <laughs> but us uh, nice nice veterinary nice. types are like, oh, this is cool.
2: What kind of dog is it?
3: She's a, uh, actually a Labrador mix.
1: Is this the first time you've seen this in your practice?
3: No, I've seen a few others that were really truly born that way, and uh, those we typically noted when they were spayed when they were younger, and it was just kind of an interesting thing and never really affected their health, um, but yeah, it's just... Strange, odd, and interesting. Do
1: you spay or neuter this animal?
3: <laughs> she is already spayed. So actually all of her uh, reproductive parts are gone. So yeah, it's really a matter of getting her hormones under control by controlling the underlying problem, which we believe is Cushing's disease. So oh, wow. That's what we're hoping to figure out. Very
1: strange, very bizarre.
2: Is she young or old?
3: She's about seven, eight years of age. So uh, she's not really old.
2: So it just developed or she had this all along?
3: Yeah, it seems like this just developed here um in recent months. Um we nobody's ever noticed it before. She's not had problems before, so um you know some of that we may not know because we nobody actually looked uh, or saw anything sticking out of there that shouldn't have been there, so it's
1: kind well, of that is uh strange and bizarre. Yeah, Well, thank yeah, you for be... sharing that with us.
3: I appreciate I know. it. You're, you guys are like, why is that so cool? And I'm like, everyone around here is going, oh, my God, that's so cool. Dr. White's got a dog, a female dog with a, a peepee. You know what? I think
1: that is cool. <laughs> I, it, it is.
2: It. I'd look at the pictures. I think it's curious. I'd be interested to see it.
1: You and know? I, I mean, Thank you for sharing it with us, too, because yeah. we would have never heard. I did not know that existed, but apparently yeah. it does. Okay. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, you can do that by calling toll-free at one 866 405 8405 8405 You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. In just a few minutes, uh, I think I already mentioned this, we're going to talk to a guy who's developed a pet chastity belt, and that's just right around the corner. So we'll answer some calls and we'll go talk with this guy. How's that sound?
4: Sounds marvelous.
1: And we're going to do a quick check of the news with Miss Lori Brooks. Let's all
4: bow. And um, we're going to tell you about, check this out, a train that was stopped for a bird.
1: A train that was stopped for a bird. Wow. Oh, right. That's a
4: pretty incredible story. Okay, that's on the way. The engineers, like, shut her down, and they... Amazing story.
1: Okay, that's on the way with Miss Lori Brooks in just a few minutes. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Hi, Brad. How are you? Hi, good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Dr. Debbie.
3: Well, hi. How are you today?
5: We have a uh, yellow lab. Uh, He'll be two years old in December, and Uh uh, he's eating his own stool. Every morning, we'll let him out, and... uh, bring him back in, you know, he goes to the bathroom before he eats, and when he gets done eating, he'll run right back out and eat the pile, you know, as soon as he wow. lets back.
1: Maybe he's into recycling or just trying to save you some money.
5: <laughs> he's he a is. green dog. Yeah. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, is that sanitary if he comes back in, he licks here, whatever, you know, I mean, health problems, mm-hmm. anything like that, what can we do?
3: Well, I mean, it's basically a really nasty habit. So, um, But there could be some concerns if, yes, if he's eating his feces and then he's coming over and kissing you in the face, there's the potential for passing um, parasites to people that way. Um, I'd say the first thing we'd want to really work on is some of the motivation for why dogs do this. And it's a great question because we always think that it's a distasteful thing, but dog poop, for some reason, is immensely attractive to, uh, to dogs to eat. Um, it comes from a, like a basic habit that that they pick up from their mom when they're little. Um, So we want to intervene with that um, and try to not make it a game. So if you catch him in the act, we're not going to necessarily make a big deal about it and try to um, correct him. We're going to try to redirect that behavior and that attention to something else. So we want to pick up the poop right away. Um, And you also want to try to limit his time outside. When he's outdoors, you want to keep him under close observation. So keep him on a leash. Um, keep him close and supervise that potty activity. Some folks have some good results with things like, um, cayenne pepper, um, or dressing the stool with something really foul tasting as if poop he didn't think <laughs> tasted bad enough. Um, those things may help for some pets, um, but for others, I'll actually use products called uh, Forbid, Deter. They're basically types of um, supplements that you put into the pet's food that imparts a bad taste to the poop as it comes out the back of the way. So um, those are very useful. Um, you just have to be vigilant about that. Okay. But really, the big thing is when you catch them in the act, we're not going to yell at him because he's going to pick up that turd and run the other way with it and it's going to become a huge game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to turn it into a game.
3: Exactly. We don't want that. And then also want to make sure that you've got, Brad, that you've got your baby on a good deworming program. Um, So if he's not already on a monthly heartworm preventative that has a deworming in it, you want to make sure he's getting that done because anytime we have this behavior and they're ingesting fecal matter, that's um, a potential for that cycle to continue. Okay. Okay.
1: Give that a shot. Let us know how it works. one 405 8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team right now. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by world's best cat litter. Listen up, crazy cat people, just like me. It's just litter until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, big money. That's why I made the switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. You can learn more over at tryworldsbest.com. And thank you so much, World's Best, for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. Well, there's two ways you can get your answers questioned and your questions answered. You can uh, ask from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Or you can call 1-866-405-8405, just like Gary did. Hey, Gary, how are you doing?
6: Hi, how are you doing today?
1: Good, where are you calling from?
6: From Santa Maria, California.
1: Oh, yeah, listening on KSMX, I believe. Yeah. Well, how are you doing? How can we help
6: you today? Well, a couple questions. Um She, uh actually, when I play with her, she has a tendency to nip. Wait, what, are we talking and, about a dog? Yeah, a puppy. What kind of? What? Uh, not in a mean way, but she's a five-month-old. A German Shepherd puppy. Okay. So she's just a little baby then? Yeah. When I got her, she was the last one out there, and they, um, and she was with, um, some older dogs, and there was, she was, they let her play with older dogs.
3: Okay. Good. All right.
6: Yeah. And so, um, and so, I was watching her, and the the do- she was like wrestling with older dogs. And so, I don't know if that was good or bad or what. But so she like, you know, like when I play with her, she'll like, um, she'll like knit me in the thighs and um, and the arms. And it was especially okay. when she's excited.
3: Okay, so when you're playing with her, she's nipping you in the thighs and the arms. Um, what kind of play are you doing with her at that time?
6: Just, like, with a ball. Uh, like, I'll play with the ball. I'll play a ball okay. with her. And, and when she comes back, she'll, like, go <clears throat> like that. And she'll, like, you know, like, nip me in the thigh. She'll bring it to me. Okay. And then, then she'll, like, all of a sudden, she'll, like, nip at me. Like, almost like, hurry up. Like, you know, uh, like... Like that.
3: Okay. And then what do you do? Do you keep on playing when she does this or um, what's happening? Are you getting excited?
6: No, I I, I don't get excited. I don't get mad at her. I don't get excited with her or anything like that. You know, I don't don't scold her or anything like that because I know she's just a puppy. Okay. So you you keep
3: on playing then when she does that? Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Okay. All righty. And you said she was biting you in the thigh and where else?
6: Um, and she uh, just uh, in the th- in the thigh, yeah.
3: Okay, all right. So we've we, got a young well, she puppy plays here. Her mom in
6: the arms sometimes, where she plays the in the legs.
3: Okay, so we we have a young puppy with a a lot of energy, and um, it's certainly good to do um, some. Play activities where we can give them an outlet to, to burn off some of that energy. What we do have to watch for is f- for these negative behaviors. So nipping is a normal puppy behavior, but this is in the wrong context. So this is an inappropriate situation, and we need to show her and teach her um, what we do want her to do at that time. Now, you, you reference back to how she was raised with other dogs. So dogs do yeah. learn what we call bite inhibition, and they learn it um, best from their litter mates. So other animals of their age yeah. and size, as they're growing up in a litter, when they're playing, if you watch puppies play, they'll nibble, they'll play, and then all of a sudden you'll hear, ah! and then they stop, and everyone kind of yeah. stares around like, yeah. okay, yeah. the line was crossed, and they tell each other in that manner, and then... Yeah. Then they move on. So in in some ways, for a young puppy, they, they need to know that boundary. If they haven't learned that through their siblings or through play with other adult dogs that teach them the, that line not to cross, then we have a dog that doesn't know when it's appropriate to, to bite. Now, we may have also, in your pup's case, a little bit of excitement um, eliciting this. So as we're playing, if she's getting more more worked up and excited, it just kind of comes out, and uh, that's where we... We would need to recognize when that bite, that nip is about to happen. So that's your job is to figure out, okay, we play ball for five passes and then I usually get bit. So that's when you would need to say, okay, we're going to cease play at this time before this happens. And also watching her overall excitement level. If she gets too amped up playing ball, which is a, a high prey drive uh, type game, it's, it's t- basically, you know, having a, an animal chase something is within their prey instinct. So, um, if she's getting too worked up, we might say, okay, we'll just play ball for a little bit and then we'll move to something else. The other thing that you can do is to really make sure that you're really solid on her basic obedience skills. And at five months of age, she could be a student of obedience. And if you're not already in a puppy class, I definitely yeah, recommend I just started,
6: it. I just started a puppy class like about, what, what would you say? We start? two sessions.
3: Okay. So the most important thing that that you and she will get out of obedience class is that she will learn the cues that you want her to perform a behavior, that you're going to ask her to do something and you're going to reward her for those behaviors. And that's going to far be more valuable than giving any kind of negative correction in the time when she's nipping you. So that's what we really need to have a foundation of. Exactly. So we have to have a foundation of basic obedience skills first. So she needs to know how to come to you, how to do something calm like a down or a stay. And you need to make sure that's in your toolbox of dog training to start with. And then as far as knowing what her kind of level of activity. And there are some dogs that are so amped up playing ball, um, playing different games that you have to almost wear them out before you do that. So that might mean um, playing at the park. It might mean going jogging. It might be doing and something else that's going to wear her down first. Because if you do have a dog with a lot of energy, these bad behaviors, they just kind of slip in into everyday life, and it's very easy. So mm-hmm. I would ask you to kind of find those opportunities when you are playing ball to not every time keep throwing the ball. To have her come back and ask her to do a, a sit or a down and so, pull out a treat out of your back yeah. pocket.
6: Yeah,
3: <laughs> and then yes. you pull a treat yes. out of yes. your yes. back pocket yes. and you reward her.
6: Because we both work with her. So here...
3: Here's my mom. Okay. All right. So we need to call. Well, super. Yeah. So we're just, so what we're going to do is I'm just going to stay on the line with you because I can't keep hopping back and forth. We're on live radio here. (laughs) So so what we were just talking about is we're going to be working on giving her um A reward for calm, quiet behavior. So in the time that she's playing or even around the house, we want to get her into a down or a stay and reward her with a really delicious dog treat or even maybe a little piece of cheese and find those opportunities when she is calm and quiet. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to reward. If she starts to get amped up playing with the ball or playing in some other manner and you see the nipping coming out, you've gone too Mm -hmm. far and you need to make sure you cease that behavior and that play before okay. she gets to that point. Because uh-huh. um, you can't really okay. teach a dog when they're in an excited state. They just It's just comprehension doesn't get through there. Oh, so. it
7: is. I'm telling you, it's been tough. Nobody knows. I've had a lot of dogs, but this is tough.
3: Hey, you're talking to people who have, I've had a hyper dog. I've had two Labradors, so um energy is not uncommon. What we need to do as pet parents is we need to find the outlets for them to expend that mm-hmm. so it doesn't turn into an unwanted behavior. So we need to really get this baby, you know, get her leash trained oh, so you yeah. can do leash walking, Um really uh, I'd work on those kind of things. That's going to get you so far with her. Okay, so. all right.
7: Can I ask you one question? <laughs> uh, sure. I've seen in, in, um, um, Oh, PetSmart, sometimes kind of, it's like a little thing that goes around them and it's called a calming type little appliance. That you oh, like put around. a thunder
3: shirt or an anxiety wrap?
7: Yes, for an anxiety wrap. What, yeah. uh, are those any good?
3: If for certain situations. They're good for pets that have anxiety and fear with things like noise phobia car rides it's not going to necessarily be the thing to try to calm down a, an energetic puppy for a oh, puppy it it's really all about um okay. wearing down their batteries because <laughs> yeah. uh, dogs don't have I, an off I, button so you, you got to wear that you. battery down right and, the, okay. and there are some useful things that you may find for a young, um, kind of vigorous jumping puppy, things like the um, the head halters, um, which look like a horse's bridle that goes over their snout. That can yeah, be very effective for, for
7: her. And boy, does she fight it.
3: With dogs, it's all about reward. So you have to make okay. it worth their while. So if there's something you want her to do... You pull out the treats, you pull out okay. the food, and that's how you get her to, to accept that.
1: And your son says that you're going to do some classes, you're going to do some puppy classes?
3: Yes, out at the uh, animal shelter, they offer them. Well,
1: good, ask, ask good some ahead. of those trainers if you have some troubles to help you with that, and uh, yes. because they're there to help you and, and make sure that the transition between shelter and home is smooth and seamless and that everyone's happy, okay? Okay,
7: you give me some good advice.
1: Take care of yourself today. 1 866 405 8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now.
8: Stella & Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients, like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry, with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. I am
0: the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today.
6: It's a problem every dog owner or new parent shares, capturing that picture-perfect moment before it's gone. It can be impossible. The Squeak and Snap is an adorable teddy bear that you plug into your smartphone. When you squeeze it, it squeaks and takes a photo at the same time. Everyone, including your dogs, will be looking at the camera and you'll get memories you can cherish forever. Visit us on our website, www.squeakandsnap.com. That's S-Q-U-E-A-K, the letter dot com. GEICO presents
9: Kathy, the Candid Real Estate Agent.
10: Now in the living room, you'll see this beautiful
3: bay window. It's energy efficient and lets in a ton of natural light. It will also let in a thief when you leave it unlocked and he'll steal your laptop and flat screen TV. (laughs) Now who wants to see the kitchen?
6: It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment.
11: That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
2: Hi, this is
12: Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay in new to your
11: pets. You're
0: listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: Animal Radio, and you know, Judy, I should probably ask you these things before we go on the air, but it says on the board here that we're going to have someone who makes a a chastity belt for pets. Is that correct? Am I reading that correctly?
2: You can read, Hal.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Uh,
2: Actually, we spoke with him before. Oh, really? Yeah, we spoke with him, gosh, years ago, I guess, when he first invented it. Oh, my memory
1: is so short.
2: Oh, and he had some other things that he said he was going to invent, so I want to find out if, after these years, if he truly did invent the item he talked about years ago.
1: Okay, so Dexter Blanche will be joining us in just a few minutes. Is that correct?
4: You know, I blushed when I came in this morning and saw that on the board.
1: Isn't that the weirdest (laughs) thing?
4: Yes, it's just odd.
8: Dogs or cats? Horse or emu, animals are people too. A British woman was trapped for an hour with her hand stuck in her dog's mouth. It all started when her boxer, playing in the backyard, somehow got a fishing hook stuck in his mouth. Owner Vicky Morrill frantically tried to remove the hook but ended up getting hooked to her dog. She was able to dial the phone with her free hand and a fire crew and paramedics arrived and were able to separate the two. Both will be okay, although Vicky's hand was injured so badly she'll need a skin graft. Hopefully her dog will stick to Frisbees in the future. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
13: Deborah Wilson from Mad TV and you're
0: listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say, you're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
14: This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy. With prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea & Tick medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori
4: Brooks. A fully intact ancient dog was recently found in the ice of Siberia. It is believed to be over 12,000 years old. Imagine that. Scientists have now thought out the dog and say they are learning a whole lot of things about dogs just because of this one furry find. The specimen is thought to be a now extinct species of dog that went out about 12,400 years ago, to be exact. The dog was so well preserved in the ice that it still has a fully intact brain that they're studying. Scientists are hoping to better understand the history of man's best friend, and there's going to be an effort to see if there are any breeds that are alive now that have similar genetics and even if that dog could possibly be brought back from extinction. By the way, back in 2011, a similar species of dog was found, but they say that one was nowhere near as well intact as this one was. A Colorado woman is trying to get some crowdfunding going now to pay for permanent prosthetics for a baby goat that she's adopted. The goat had suffered from frostbite on its hind legs. The baby goat is able to walk on four legs now, though, thanks to the woman who made a pair of custom prosthetic legs out of PVC and some other things she just happened to have around her home. She adopted the little goat from a meat rancher after it suffered frostbite on its back legs due to paralysis caused by malnutrition. And then a second case of frostbite caused the baby goat, which is named Izzy, to have his back legs amputated from the shin down. Now, his name is Izzy, or it's... Is he, and they say that comes from the rescuer constantly being asked, is he going to live through the night? Is he going to be able to walk? Is he going to be able to keep up with his mother and nurse? All that kind of stuff. And by the way, with his homemade prosthetics, Izzy has since learned to walk up to 600 feet on the temporary prosthetics that his mom made him. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
14: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadyl, delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com.
9: Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster & Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first.
10: Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind? Such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease. You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance free of gmo gluten hormones steroids and antibiotics canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family find out more at caninecaviar.com.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Here is the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to reach out to Dr. Debbie and dog father, Joey Volani. And is, uh, spring has definitely set in here, at least. Don't know about where you are, but uh, summer's just around the corner. That means taking the animals out, having a lot of fun with them, too. Mm-hmm. And that may be camping with them. Take them. I love to take the dogs camping. But I also like to take them boating, and that's a big thing. I make sure that you know they stay on the boat, usually. For the That's most, a good thing. Most, well, you know, the bigger dogs, they they like to swim.
2: Yeah, they jump off.
1: But Ladybug's too small for that. So I put her a little, I have a little life vest that I put on her. It's the cutest little thing. From boatcenter.com, we have Jen Seitz joining us. Hi, Jen. How are you doing?
15: I'm great. How are you?
1: Very well. So are you noticing good. more and more people are now bringing their animals, their dogs in particular, on the boat with them than before?
15: Absolutely. I think people really want their pets, especially their dogs, to be with them in all of their activities and especially when they go boating. So I think we see a lot more. And social media, you see people, you know, posting pictures on Instagram of dogs on boats and it sort of um, is a trending thing right now.
1: Yeah, how safe is that?
15: Um, it is safe. I mean, all of boating requires some attention to safety, um, so it doesn't stop with just people. You You know, you have to consider safety when it comes to your pets as well. And so what... uh, but with a little precaution, you know, it's a safe endeavor.
1: I want to make sure I'm doing it right. I have a life jacket. What else should I be worried about?
15: Um, well, I would say that you have to consider your pet. So each pet is different. If we're talking about dogs, each dog is different. Some dogs are less phased by loud noises or unfamiliar surroundings, and others are more so. So you have to consider your dog, and sometimes a test run is a good idea, but, you know, considering that sometimes a boat, when it starts up, is very loud. That's one consideration. So I think, you know, getting them familiar and seeing how they react to their surroundings is a good start. You mean before
1: you go out the first time, let them kind of hear the boat's motors and noises and and inspect the boat?
15: Exactly. Exactly. Let them get comfortable. And then if you find that your particular dog is really not warming up to the scenario, then maybe it isn't a good, you know, idea for your dog in particular. I think in boating, planning ahead is, is always a good idea, and especially when it comes to your pets. So. Um, one good thing that I recommend to people is to have a first aid kit. Um, so having, you know, if something were to happen or you do have a need, you have some self cleaning bandages, some muzzle or strips of cloth if, if needed, um, a nylon leash, phone numbers of your vet, your vet or an emergency clinic, <clears throat> or even a poison center are good to have, um, your pet's medical records, and, you know, basic first aid supplies.
2: I always have to ask, how do they go to the bathroom on a boat?
15: Very good question. Ideally, what you want is to have a potty area designated with potty pads that your pet can use. You should have, obviously, pet waste bags and paper towels and odor neutralizers. Um, And this is also, I think, where the test run comes in um, to sort of get your dog familiar. Before you go out with a group of friends and you're on an eight-hour expedition, Mm -hmm. it's better to find out, you know, maybe one-on-one with your pet. How they're going to react, and, and let them know what they need to do, you know, beforehand.
1: I always hear every year about these dogs that get sick from the fungus in the water, or get sick from s- stuff in the water,
15: drinking the drinking lake? drinking, water. Oh, drinking yeah. it, and just being in it. That's a really great point. I mean, a lot of lakes and certain canals. If you're if you're oceanfront and you're going into the intercoastal or into canals they can create have harmful bacteria for dogs. So you want to be careful and make sure that you sort of preemptively kept them hot, keep them hydrated with fresh drinking water so that they're not as tempted to drink the water. And if you know that your dog is prone to do that, you might want to just keep them on the boat.
1: Good planning there. Okay, the website is BoatCenter.com. Jen, thank you so much for hanging with us today.
15: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
1: There you go. I already do a lot of that stuff there that she was talking about, with, uh, well, especially with Ladybug. I'm very, very, very protective. About Ladybug, especially when she's on the boat, because so many things can happen. I think if she fell in, she'd be like a snack for any kind of fish, big yeah. fish down there.
16: Yeah, she would. She's yeah. she's a one biter.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, Jackie, watching my cat trying to crawl into a box, and <laughs> she's knocking crap everywhere. <laughs> she scared
1: herself out of the box. Can she actually fit she in that box? I don't even think she could fit in that box. <laughs>
4: Wouldn't it be nice if I would finally load my bookcase? I'm sorry. I'm such a slob around here, guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, So anyway, my resolution, I wanted to tell you that I've kept, I still have, of all my resolutions, this is the only one that I've actually kept, is to to buy from companies that are giving back to the animals. And that's why I'm still buying my shampoo from Lucy Pet Products with uh, all of those flavored shampoos. But now they have a brand new product. It's a cat litter. And it's... Called Cats Incredible? Cats is Incredible. Gredible?
2: Yeah, there's another name, but Cap- Cat Super Felicious something uh, a longer like, name.
1: But Cats Incredible, yeah, right? Is yeah.
2: let's just keep to that.
1: Yeah. Have you tried it yet?
2: I haven't. I'm anxious. I i have some on the way, and I, I'm really curious because they're supposed to have some new special formulation that's supposed to get rid of the ammonia smell.
1: It's proprietary as far I as know. it's under wraps, top secret Can't stuff. not talk
2: about it. No. And then also just the bag that it comes in. It comes in a bag. With the carrying handle. And it's real cute because it's a picture of a cat and the tail is actually the handle. Oh, yeah. So it comes in with the oh. handle. Not only that, it has a pour spout.
1: Oh, you got to love that. You
2: know, these other bags, I, I cut them open and I turn them upside down and either I pour too much or I can't get enough or they're too heavy. But this actually has a spout that you can open and close so you can control the flow of the litter. I I can't wait to try
1: it. Well, sure, if you've seen the shampoo, you've seen the bottles. They're incredible bottles. They're beautiful, absolutely astonishing bottles. The same with the litter and the product inside, I understand, is awesome stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't just buy the shampoo for the bottles. It's actually great shampoo.
1: Plus, it all goes back to the animals. And not just a portion, 100% of the profits go back to the 501c3 Lucy Pet Foundation.
12: (coughs) Yeah, Yeah, That's
1: wonderful. Yes, I just want to to tell you guys about that because it's important to do that. And I also wanted to brag that, yeah, there is a resolution that I've kept this year.
6: <laughs> this is
1: Animal Radio, baby. Joey Volani, come over here to the microphone.
16: There you go. Here hit. I am. So what are you okay. working on today? I am working on, we're going to talk about your dog or cat's nails and how they can affect their walk. Oh, yeah. Which reminds me, time for me to
2: yes, do the nails.
1: I, I promise I'll do that today because I hear a lot of clickety clacking.
4: It's pretty bad, yeah. Me too.
1: Okay, you know they say it's the the carpenters' closets or the shoemakers' or the shoemaker's sh- children. Shoes children's shoes She
4: make her children go barefoot right? oh yeah that's what it is <laughs> yep <laughs> remind good. me to ask joey my question about is there a way to get nail quicks to go back and be shorter oh well go ahead and ask him oh, that can right I answer now. that yeah
16: okay yeah absolutely um what you have to do is you have to just keep cutting them down because what they'll do is they'll keep receding back into the nail bed so if you just either filed or took off a little bit each week and got them shorter the shorter that you cut the nail the the quick will recede now this isn't a quick process this is a process that could take even up to a year depending on how bad um, you know the dog's quicks are but it does it does work Uh, in the process of cutting it back does that mean it's going to bleed every time no, not necessarily. Okay. So, um, see, we try to, when it's all possible, not to make it bleed, unless it's a severe situation where you don't have you don't have a choice. Um, but what you try to do is you cut the nail, and if you look at the center of the nail as you're cutting it, the beginning of the quick will start to peek through. If it's a white nail, it's pink. If it's a black nail, is a white outer circle and then a black center. Oh, really? And that's the beginning of the of the quick. Now, when you see that. It's um what basically what'll happen is is the, the the front part of it will die will die off so it automatically will recede on its own. or will just keep pulling back into the nail bed each and every time. Uh, you see. So you want to cut it short enough so that you see that? Absolutely, because if you don't cut it short enough, um and, and that 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 that's that's correct, Judy. If you don't cut it short enough it that'll it'll it'll never recede. It'll just keep continue to grow as the nail's growing. Did you do them weekly or maybe every couple of days? Um, no, weekly I think is fine because every couple of days it's not gonna pull back enough. So weekly I would do it once a week and, and you'll start noticing the difference in, in probably about a month. Mm. Thank you, Joey.
1: Ladybug has one of those black nails that I always am fearful of cutting because I, I just don't don't know where the quick is. I can't find it on it. Yeah, so. but
2: she only has one black nail. Some dogs have all black yeah. nails. Yeah, at least at that's, least that's hard, you can't see.
1: Okay. Uh, let's go to the phones for your calls toll-free for Dr. Debbie or dogfather Joey Bellani don't forget you can ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android download it now it's brought to us by doctors Fosters and Smith Well this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. Thanks so much guys. You know, pets thrive when they're fed the same food they get in the wild, and meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits, vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to your dog's diet. You can learn more over at com, and thanks so much for underwriting Animal Radio.
3: Dr. Debbie, you want to take another call? I sure do. I'm sitting here uh, sucking on my soda, and I think I've got some energy.
1: It's a Pepsi one, though, right? It
3: is, yeah. I, no sugar, you know, uh, just the caffeine. So I'm on my second one today, which is against the rules in my household, so don't tell anybody.
1: Okay, I have four calls lined up. Which one do you want to go to? Which line? I'll let you uh, pick line this two. Line.
17: Hi, I'm Wayne. Two. I'm ready. Hi.
1: How are you doing?
17: Oh, Okay. I was wondering if you guys can help me out. Okay, I have what a household with four cats, and they're all female, and they are all spayed, and they're all adult. Okay. And one of the cats has a problem not using the litter box. Uh, at one time, we didn't have a problem, and this just developed over time, and we need to know how to get her to go back in the litter box.
3: Okay, so tell me about your kitty uh, toilet situation. What kind of environment do you have? <laughs> Are there magazines? Um,
17: what do
6: you mean? The
3: lit- the, how many litter boxes? What kind Hold. of litter
17: you use? We have uh, four litter boxes. Uh, we have different types because we have uh, different cats and different personalities. We Good. have one that's enclosed, so if cat wants privacy, they can have that. And that's in a room by itself. And then we have three litter boxes in a unused bathroom. Two of them are like jumbo sized. So we have four litter boxes total. Mm -hmm. And we use uh, multi cat cat litter.
3: And And that's a clumper, clumping litter. All right. And are your kitties indoors?
17: Always indoors.
3: Okay. And is there any one particular litter box that's the uh, problem where this is happening, or is it happening at any site?
17: At one time, she was using the litter boxes without a problem. In fact, and, and this may have introduced some confusion to her, a couple of years ago, we tried to toilet train the cat. Okay. But she was the only one that was starting to make progress, and the other cats were not making any progress, and it was just too much to keep up with four cats. Okay. So we said, okay, we'll quit with the toilet training, and we'll just go with straight litter. You know, if we had okay. less cats, we could, we could do it. So at one time, she was using the litter all the time. We noticed, I don't know, a couple months back that she would urinate in the box and saw her literally finish urinating, jump out, go one foot away, and then defecate right on the floor by the litter box. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we just need to keep it cleaner more often. We kept up with that as much as we could. Then Mm -hmm. it got to the point where... Now we're catching her not even urinating in the litter box. She's found a favorite site for that now.
3: Okay. And where where is she going right now for both her peeing and pooping?
17: Well, for the pooping, she's, she still goes in the same spot, not a foot away from the litter box. Okay. And for the peeing, she started going about four feet away into a sunken living room on the carpeting.
12: Okay.
3: All right. Now, this is going to be a very unusual situation because... I'm gonna kind of direct you down the the path of diagnosis very quickly. With cats, there's usually a lot of different factors that affect their litter box use, and they can have a, a substrate preference or an aversion. Uh, they can have problems with the tidiness of the litter box. They can have pain that exhibited once they weren't when in when they were in the litter pan, and have problems with that memory. Um, and then there's the multi-cat, the um, anxiety and aggression component of things. So get into the the root of things. If I I have a kitty that is doing their duty especially if it's both peeing and pooping close to the box but not in it I'm going to gear my efforts on the litter box environment. To me that screams um, either an aversion or there's a preference that we're not meeting to her, her satisfaction. So that kind of puts the behavioral the uh, the anxiety driven problems a little bit on the back burner. Not that it's impossible but I'd say we really need to focus on this litter box environment and when you did say that she was um, taking to the toy. Toilet- training you know it is completely possible that could be her preference um but yes so i would say that changing either the litter substrate um the litter type um or going back and providing uh, the toilet training source for her is going to be very important um and uh, yeah definitely especially with her doing this right outside of the box that is a, a very big thing and and for kitties that are very fastidious and that are very uh particular about that litter pan they too will usually go right outside the box which is different than a marking behavior or seeking a preference to a different location it's like they want to go but they're just they just can't do it they just don't like it that much uh dad so i just would rather really not use it so i'll just go right here and i'll I'll try to do the best i can (laughs) (laughs) So, and I think you're doing fairly good with the number of litter boxes usually the general rule is one more box than the number of cats you have in the house Um, and at four boxes you're doing a fairly good job of offering different sources uh, sites and different variations and things Um, and just one other tip that I would say is that litter box uh, size is a very important and you mentioned you have some jumbo size with cats we want that to be about um, one and a half times the length of the kitty so that we have ample room to turn around um, because that can also create some aversions if it's not quite big enough um, they don't have enough room and most cats don't like the cover on the litter box, they really don't care about the privacy thing. Um, they they will go w- with us watching or what have you. So I usually just say take off all the covers on litter boxes if we're having issues. And then the other things you might look at, um, litter box location sometimes to us is very... uh Routine, we put them in, uh, laundry rooms, bathrooms, but sometimes the little things can be annoying to cats. The vibration of the sounds of your wash machine, um, something that falls off a shelf and hits a cat when they had a, a litter pan problem. I had a client who that happened to. A laundry bucket fell on the cat's head and they didn't want to go back to that room to urinate dogs barking, children, things like that. I think there's hope there, Wayne, but uh, you might have to pull out that old uh, toilet setup for your baby.
17: (laughs) Wow. So your suggestion is probably the toilet site. I'd say, yeah, especially if that. I I did a little research online before I I thought about calling you guys. Um, I heard that if you put them, like, in a cage where they didn't have much room, Mm -hmm. except for the litter pan, food, water, and a place to sleep, that they Mm -hmm. have to go in the box, and then you start giving them more and more room. What do you think right. of that approach?
3: I think that's a, a useful approach if we're having usually more of a marking behavior, um, something that's a territorial in nature. and And that might work for the short term because she's got no other solution. But if she still has that innate preference – when you get back to that, you, you still may run into a problem when you start to give her more access and more opportunity. Um, so, yeah, that therapy and behavioral medicines are really more used for when there's an anxiety or um, a more of a territorial issue.
1: I'm curious about teaching your cat to use the toilet. And I, I guess that'd be a good <laughs> thing, except in, in the middle of the night, if you put the toilet seat down when you came in or something. I mean, that I already have enough trouble with my oh. wife telling you which, where to put that toilet seat, you know? <laughs>
0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy
1: francis and welcome to hour two toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 now in hour one we learned about a dog that came in this morning a lab what is it, a lab mix to your yes. office who is mm-hmm. a hermaphrodite is that what they call that Having- yeah,
3: with having uh, girl parts, which she had ovaries, and then she has a uh, girl parts on the outside with a little penis too.
1: And you, you actually ah. took some pictures here. Now, I don't, I don't know if we can, can we post these? We can't post these because it's, is it dog porn? It's not really dog I, porn, is it? It's like Ow. sexting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you have her
3: permission? I'll have to get the paw print signed consent form.
1: (laughs) Definitely intriguing all of the animals that you deal with, and especially in Las Vegas, because in Las Vegas you have more than just the typical dogs and cats. There's a lot of shows out there with a lot of freaky animals. And you, you see your share of iguanas and other animals, don't you?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah. We see a lot of uh, reptiles, birds. People out here love their animals of all sorts and all types. So, um, and the weather's, you know, kind and conducive for keeping a lot of these species. So they like them.
1: Yep. It sure is. Always warm out there. If you have a question about any one of your animals for Dr. Debbie, toll free one 405 8405 or for dog father Joey Villani regarding your animal's grooming. And you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, we're going to go to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. Also this hour, we're talking to the guy who's invented a chastity belt for dogs. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, we'll find out all all the details coming up in just a few minutes after your calls. And we'll also do a quick check of the news. What are you working on,
4: Miss Brooks? Uh, Coming up, I'm going to tell you about, you know, sometimes a bad thing can lead to a good thing. And we have one of those stories where, do you remember the card game Exploding Kittens? Exploding Kittens. It's it's now an app, yeah. So, I mean, and and the animal world was uh, in a big uproar over this. Sure. But that was such a huge success that the funding from that has now moved over and is doing something great for cats. Huh. Okay,
1: There you go. Exploding cats. Exploding
4: idea. I've never I heard of go it. Go
1: check that out right now.
4: Yeah. Let's go. No, exploding kittens.
2: Exploding even kittens.
1: Worse. Even worse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the phones right now for your calls. Hi, Leslie.
12: Hi, Dr. Debbie. How are you?
3: Oh, hi. I'm wonderful today. What can we help you with today?
12: Well, my husband and I adopted a cat that's an indoor-outdoor cat about four years ago. And Mm -hmm. he's always worn a collar, even when we adopted him or before we adopted him. And we've noticed within the last six to eight months that he's been coming in in the mornings without his collar on. And so the, the first time we thought, well, you know, maybe that's a coincidence. The second time we got a little suspicious and thought, well, maybe one of the neighbors is concerned about him wearing a collar that has to buckle, uh-huh. and so they're removing it. Then the third time that we put a collar on, we used the the breakaway collar, and he came in last week without his breakaway collar on. And we like to have for him to have a collar on with a bell so that we can hear him when he comes in and out of the house. And we think that that's a good idea for him to. Maybe uh, you know, so so maybe the the birds and the animals can hear it, and he can, you know, they'll, the birds will get away from him. So um, we're just wondering, what should we do about this?
3: Well, it's it's kind of a tricky situation because. I've had some cats in my lifetime that have been able to get out of breakaway collars in an indoor situation. That's what they're designed for. I can't explain why the other collars came off, but I'd be concerned. Um, we do like to have ID on our pets, especially if they're going outside. But if your kitty is getting into environments where that is coming off or getting snagged up on things, that does put them at risk for, you know, choking or some kind of injury from that. So right. as much as we want to keep a collar on them, um, you know, if we assume that no human is removed, that um,
1: do you think neighbors are removing it, though you are assuming that is that correct?
3: We are, we assume that a neighbor is removing it
12: because of the they just don't want the cat to have a, a collar
1: on. How about putting a note on the collar, the new one, <laughs> just putting a little note on it and say, "Hey, call. Let's talk about this before you take the collar off." You know, I like
12: that idea. We could do that.
1: Do you know which neighbor?
12: No, our cat lives in a, a neighborhood, and we call it an island that is kind of locked off by by different roads and so he lives on this this island and everybody in the neighborhood knows him because he's out and about so much i mean he's a nice cat he's that, very very nice cat
1: does a breakaway collar is that visibly a breakaway collar or could that look like any other collar could the neighbor think oh it's just another another no. collar no it looks no, different no it,
12: it's definitely a breakaway you can see that it has a uh, like a little a snap instead of a buckle
1: so, wow, doc. Uh, this is a tough one.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, Hal's suggestion about putting some like little note or you know, important ID identification is included. Um I would also make sure you do have your kitty microchipped and, and it won't mm-hmm. serve the serve um the purpose of having the audible tone, the bell sound, but at least that's another way that you can help ensure that he's your kitty and that he is identified and heaven forbid someone picks him up and decides he, they want to have him um that there's some ID there. So, you, you know, I Good. Fabulous. Good, good. And, you know, the other, I guess the other side of the argument would be the safest thing would be to keep him indoors so that he doesn't even have this problem. So I know that's not always a popular opinion with some cats who are used to this lifestyle of being the outdoor, kind of wandering, uh, checking out the neighborhood and, and keeping tabs on his domain. But that would be the only one thing I could say that we would avoid this problem altogether. They
1: live a longer life, don't they, Doc? Generally, is it statistically oh, yeah, yeah. proven?
3: Definitely, outdoor cats—some um, injury, infectious disease—you uh, name it—it it shortens their almost by fifty percent. Shortens mm-hmm. their lifespan. So yeah, that's my little advertisement to keep them indoors.
4: <laughs> yeah.
12: Well, I—I I, I think I like the idea of putting a little note on his collar. We'll buy another collar and attach a little note to it and see if that, see what happens. And and and, and did get detached do the collar because when we adopted this cat from a neighbor who was moving out of town. Her only stipulation was that we continue to keep him as an indoor/outdoor cat because that was the way she wanted him to be, and we put in the cat door so that he could come in and out. And so we're going to keep that arrangement.
1: Put the note on, and then and then let it call us back. Let us know what happens. We're very curious.
2: And if you're the neighbor, yeah. hey, stop it. Yeah. Put a bell. <laughs> put a bell on the little cat door so you can hear the bell when he oh, comes out the, the cat door. Yes. Hey, there. You yeah,
6: go. That's an idea too.
1: Uh, okay. Judy actually made me wear a bell at one time because I would sneak around. So yeah, you I couldn't find him where, around the house. Where I was. So I understand completely you're wanting to have that. And, of course, the birds, it does scare away the birds so that they have a chance to get away. Good idea. I hope it works out. Let me know how it does work out, okay?
5: Uh,
1: thank you very much. Thank you, Leslie. one 405 8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie. We have Tony on the phone. Welcome to the show, Tony.
7: Hi. What's going uh, on? I'm calling because my daughter had originally two doxins, and then uh, she had a litter of five. Then went on to have, and she kept them. Then she went and had another litter of five. So she had a total of twelve. Only gave one away because she doesn't have the heart to give any of them away.
3: Oh, why? She she doesn't have the heart to give them away? Okay. No,
7: she loves them dearly, and uh, I don't know. She said that um, when she was younger, I had given away her dog, and she was very
3: heartbroken, so she Mm. quit. So let me get this straight. You have
1: 11 dogs? Or your daughter has 11 dogs?
3: Yes. Oh my goodness! So, the first thing I would say is the benefits of spaying and neutering. Here, I cannot stress enough that we need to intervene and, and to get some help for for her household because there is no reason to have repeated breedings um, just for the experience or because she loves dogs. Um, you know, we have to make sure no, we have.
7: Re- she won't to happen.
3: Well, it's gonna happen. Dogs do that. <laughs> they will reproduce when given the option and the opportunity. It is our job as their human caretakers to make sure that doesn't happen. So we need to take those steps. So whether you have to walk her into a veterinary office and help get her that help that she needs in making that connection and to make that determination. Um, you know, now some people might be able to keep 11 dogs and to care for them appropriately, but My general feeling is that that is too many dogs for one household, um, unless you have support. Now, Octomom and, you know, all those people who have multiple births can attest that you need help to take care of that many beings, whether they're human or animal. So that would be my concern. So, um, yeah, Yeah. we need to...
7: She does have, you know, she can't, she has people come in, but uh, I'm still totally against it, and I, I can't seem to, you know, talk her into giving any away. Uh, In the meantime, not to mention the cost, and, um, you know, I tell her it's selfish because there isn't any way that you could give enough attention to all those dogs either, besides, exactly. you know, amongst many other things. But um, would you say, for well, the males should be all neutered
3: or? Absolutely. That is the, probably the easiest place to start is to get those boys taken care of. now. rather than the
7: females, right.
3: Well, I mean, that's usually an easier fix, if you will, uh, for many households. So that would be one thing to do. Now, the thing that I think we need to really talk about is that you've mentioned that, you know, these dogs may not be getting the care that they need. Now, dogs are social creatures, and they really do thrive on interactions with people. And it is pretty difficult, if not impossible, for one person to provide that level of closeness and that social bonding that a dog needs to be really You know, happy and to thrive in their environment. So that would be one big selling point that I would say for her. But I will be honest with you, I think we need to get some help for your daughter in the human healthcare field um, because this has tones to me of a possible hoarding situation and the situation in that veterinary and human healthcare person to help her out and to see cuz as if I were face to face with her you know we could say okay why isn't your dog spayed or neutered let's go through this what are the risks what are the risks of having 11 dogs in the house not alone fights infectious disease parasite control all of these things social um, situations? just due to overcrowding, all of these things play a role. Whether we want to look at them and recognize them right. or not, they will be there.
7: Right. Uh, Parasites is something. I also read that, you know, uh, the owners, the humans, can uh, contract them from their pets as
3: well. Absolutely. It is is totally possible. And that's why there's communities that have animal ordinances there are regulations so you don't have 25 40 dogs because it's hard to meet their needs and it can be a human health care risk so yeah i mean i think um we really need to not worry about hurting her feelings we really need to worry about getting those pets out of there and then hopefully getting the help that she needs to recognize this behavior and um, you know hopefully turn that around there
1: Good luck all with right, that. Yeah. We appreciate your call today and, and wish okay. you all the best of luck. It's a tough situation you have to deal with there, but I know, we, I know you're going to do the really, right thing.
7: Yes, I really thank you for your help, and I'm going to you know, try to resolve this, hopefully.
1: Let us That's know okay, how it goes. You. Okay. Well, don't you know what this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Hold Tigger's up to the microphone so everybody can see what optimal health is all about.
2: God, what a difference. It's only been a couple months too.
1: All available at redbarninc.com and thanks so much Red Barn for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
6: 1-866-405-8405.
1: People say less is more. America was built
13: by people with a few dollars and a dream. And while many don't know it, there's one path to success that still only requires a dream and about $10. That's right. If your dream is to start or grow your business, something as simple as the right business card could make all the difference. And today, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 full-color business cards for only $9.99. That's right. Only $9.99. Just go to Vistaprint.com and enter promo code 4141 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4141.
9: Like the taste of fresh apples? Try an Angry Orchard hard Cider. At Angry Orchard, we believe in tradition. That's why we use apples from a hundred-year-old orchard. It takes two apples to make each bottle of Angry Orchard. So raise a glass to a time when apples were best served in a pint glass. Angry Orchard, when you're looking for something a little different. Crisp, refreshing, and not too sweet. Just like me. Angry Orchard hard Cider. Angry
5: Richard Cider Company, the New York. Drink responsibly.
9: How long
1: would you wait for your shower to get hot? How long would you wait for your cell phone to fully charge? How long would you wait to get relief from your nasal congestion? If you're congested now and you want powerful relief now, use Afrin No Drip. Afrin starts working in seconds and keeps working for 12 hours. So, why wait when you can start to get relief in seconds with Afrin? Afrin. Powerful congestion relief
0: without the weight. Use as directed. For more information, go to afrin.com.
17: Hi, this is
5: Steve Garvey on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: phones are ringing white hot to talk to animal radio's dream team that's dr debbie and dog father joey volani toll free 1-866-405-8405 with your animal questions whether your uh, animal is a hermaphrodite which uh, you have plenty of experience with we we're just finding out today as you just had one in your office earlier uh, quite an interesting picture there I don't know if we want to share the picture, it's, but yeah.
14: It,
3: it's it's odd. It's peculiar, but I think it'll get people talking like, this really happens in animals. Yes, it does. Yeah. Is it frequent or? It's not very frequent. No. Is this no, the first it, it's time? It's a rarity. For you? No. No. I've seen other ones um, in my years of practice. Um, so, <laughs> how, how many years was that? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
1: You know, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to a guy who's invented a chastity belt for dogs. Have you ever seen this or could you even think of a reason for it?
3: Uh, you know, I, I mean, you certainly can think of reasons for it. You know, there are a lot of folks that do have dogs that aren't, um, spayed or neutered and they, they show them, um, or they may be, uh, service dogs. Um, oh. so there are, are reasons that they may not yet have them spayed or neutered. Um,
1: yeah. Now, is a service dog, I thought service dogs for their behavior. Oh, I meant more Re- like,
3: no, okay. more like, um, uh, perf- uh police, dogs. Police, police dogs police dogs i was po- thinking of yeah so things like that but of course those are usually you know it'd you, you, be kept under wraps but hopefully not to Rare- get situations. loose <laughs> yes
1: or could you imagine the tabloid on that okay <laughs> we'll go to that interview right after news and uh let's see i believe Lori, come on over here Lori, what are you working okay. on this hour
4: uh you know we just wrapped up pet theft awareness week
1: i am aware of that so
4: yeah, we're going to follow up with the 10 most stolen dog breeds in America.
1: Oh, I bet I know what tops that list there. But I'm probably right, so I'm not going to spoil it. For yeah,
4: don't give it <laughs> You're away. You're probably right. You're pretty confident.
1: I am pretty confident. You were also talking about okay. three or four weeks ago about uh, kidnapping on the rise. Yeah. I'm worried. Every time Ladybug goes outside, I have my eyes all over I will not yeah. let her out of my sight.
2: Well, you know, she's, she doesn't like people, and she won't let anybody get within 10 feet of That's her. That's probably true. That's so she, probably true. They, good luck on catching her.
1: Okay, we'll find out the most stolen breed in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Hey, Bertha, welcome to Animal Radio. Thank you. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on with your pet? Oh, uh,
13: Daisy has fleas. She picked them ah. up. up over the winter, and I just can't. I'm at my wits, end. I can't get rid of them.
3: All right, where are you at? What, what part of the country?
13: We're in northern Wisconsin.
3: Okay. Hey, I was just up in that area, up in the Crivets area. Oh, okay. We're a little further north than that. We're right up by Lake Superior. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I had a great time with those cheese curds and, <laughs> and beer, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, fleas. Okay. So, are, are you battling that with any kind of products?
13: She's on Frontline Plus. Okay. Well, and
3: are, are you having any success or any issues well, with
13: that? Well what happened is we spent the winter in southern Texas where it was warm and she picked him up there and I started her on frontline there and we thought she was flea free when we came home and then they just reappeared. I took her I took her to the vet to my vet here at home and um they gave me some new front line and um told me to go home and use it. And but that's been two months now and she's still um I comb fleas off her every day.
3: Okay. Yeah, and you know, there's there's definitely some talk out in the veterinary world, and a lot of different sides will debate whether or not we're seeing any particular resistance of fleas to some of the common uh, flea and tick products out there. So, you um, know, again, it, it, there's some debate out there. But for any pet, I see that if we're having if we're using flea control products, and we're very comfortable that that's being used appropriately, meaning on the the right time frequency, and we're sure that the pet is getting the medication appropriately, if we're still seeing Seeing fleas after two months, for me, I think it's time to look at another product. Um, whether or not it's flea resistance or some other factors, we have other um, environmental issues, uh, you know, reinfestation from the environment. Um, but still, I'm a little superstitious and I might look at trying another product. Um, so, as far as, um, you know, fleas, uh, ticks, all that type of thing, I'm I'm actually a fan of using Advantage in Ad- Advantix 2. Um, same kind of topical type thing. You might give that a whirl, see. So if that gives your your pet a little bit more relief, um, and uh, you know, really, it's just kind of a matter of um, making sure that you're also staying up with things like the flea combing, vacuuming that environment, and um, being very diligent and making sure we're treating all the pets in the household. So that if you've got any cats, uh, rabbits, uh, ferrets, um, that we need to make sure we're treating anyone that might be a reservoir for the fleas inside the home. Um, and this doesn't mean sorry, that's my puppy trying to play with my microphone, (laughs) Um, hazard of the job here with a puppy on my lap, Um, uh, but yeah, so we want to make sure we do treat everybody in the household there.
13: Okay, we we have no other pets, and I I have been vacuuming and washing the bedding because she jumps up on the
3: bed and sleeps with us, and... Yeah, it's frustrating. It's a battle. And, um, you know, that's why I thank the Lord that I live in Las Vegas because <laughs> we have very few fleas. Because we know one flea could actually lead up to 600 offspring within just one month's time. Oh, so they okay. really have this ability to just exponentially uh, reproduce in the environment. And they're, they're tough little buggers. They can jump a hundred times their height. So, you know, eight to 10 feet off the pet um, yeah. is very easy and doable in their environment. So, you know, we're battling some really tough little critters. It's kind like the cockroaches in, like, the big cities, you know, you can't get rid of them. But you might try some of those other products and see if that does you some better good. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Bertha, and good luck with those fleas. Uh And then have some curds for me. I'm missing them already. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do that. Thank you.
6: Hi, this is Fred Willard
5: on Animal Radio. And I'm, I'm begging you you and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll, play, I'll go over and play dead if you want. I'll follow you anywhere you want to go.
14: This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Cartoonist Matthew
4: Inman would like to see every house cat wearing an orange collar along with its name and phone number on it. That way, if the cat gets lost, either by mistake or by escaping, the caller will signal, you know, help me. I'm not in my house where I'm supposed to be. It's part of what he's calling the Kitty Convict Project, which is trying to increase the percentage of cats that are reunited with their owners. While loose dogs, you know, stray dogs are often picked up on the assumption that they're lost, Loose cats are usually ignored on the assumption that they're either allowed outside by their owners or that they're just a wild cat. Overall use of collar ID, they say, is lower for cats than for dogs, and the likelihood of you being reunited is lower if it's a cat as well. They say people wait longer to look for cats, and about 25% of cats, once they get out of their home, don't come back. This, by the way, is not the first venture for Inman into the Feline World he was part of a trio that created the Exploding Kittens card game, which is now an app. He admits it was a horrible name for a game and says that the Kitty Convict Orange Collar Project is Cat Atonement, or Catonement, as he calls it. Last week, we wrapped up Pet Theft Awareness Week, and you know what? It worked. We're now aware of the most stolen dogs in America. Now, not in any order here, but these 10 breeds are stolen far more than any others. They include Chihuahuas, Yorkies, French Bulldogs, some of which are then resold for as much as $4,000. Pomeranians, they say resale is about $3,000 after it's stolen from you. Maltese dogs are also on the most often stolen pet list, as are Boston Terriers. Labradoodles, Pitbulls, German Shepherds, puppies, by the way, of German Shepherds, go for about 2500 and also the number one breed in the country, of course, on the list, the Labrador Retriever. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
14: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadyl, delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com.
9: Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadyl to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster & Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at FosterAndSmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first.
10: Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: What is
1: that, the funky chicken that you're doing there? That's a, that's old school.
2: Hey, I learned that in the fifth grade.
1: <laughs> it's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, this next gentleman, this is his second appearance on Animal Radio. We welcome back to the Airwaves inventor Dexter Blanche. He's the president of Highly Favored Creations. And what do you guys make over there, Dexter?
18: We make a dog chastity bill. It's the pet anti-breeding system pal
1: a dog chastity belt, the anti-breeding system called PABS, which yes, sir. which stands for pet anti-breeding system, right? I'm just guessing. yes, sir. Well, now tell us uh, what made you feel there was a need for a chastity belt for pets.
18: Well, there was a lot of accidental and unwanted breedings uh, that was happening at the time that I, I I first invented the product, and being a handler and a trainer myself, there's issues associated with a female coming in season. And if you're training her or working her, she has to be isolated, which I found that very unfair and cruel to her. And it also distracted the males to where they didn't have their mind on tr- being trained or handled at all. Uh, here recently, new scientific findings beginning to come out saying that we're spaying and neutering too young. And this product is great against the juvenile spaying, not allowing hormones and growth plates to grow out, which is causing debilitating uh, issues as they grow older.
3: Now, that's that's a debatable point on certain certain different things. So, it, there are some concerns with early spay neutering, but by the far majority of animals it helps to prevent unwanted pregnancies um pets being hit by cars lost so uh, we can't say that spraying and neutering is a bad thing by all means it can save lives but there are certain animals where we really talk and counsel a pet owner about when's the right time for that pet's needs for their uses and their potential lifetime risk for various diseases so we can't oversimplify this
1: how does this whole thing work I'm just trying to get my head around it. Does It obviously straps on, and it's like uh, Dr. Debbie said earlier, where there's a will, there's a way.
18: It's a rear-end um, harness uh-huh. uh, uh, made out of polypropylene uh, straps that's very durable, uh, and it has a mesh covering over the female's vulva area. She can defecate over the top of it, and she can urinate through the mesh. to never have to be taken off and be exposed to being bred if you don't want her to. Uh, it comes with a pocket for a sanitary pad for the uh, the bleeding during the early stages of the heat cycle to protect flooring and furniture, maybe your car seat if you want to give her a ride. So that it, it's an eight-point buckle system, basically, that keeps her, her rear end and her vulva covered.
1: And this is just for dogs?
18: It's just for dogs right now. Um, we've had inquiries as far as Istanbul or Turkey about for camels. So <laughs> I, 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 oh I, I, told him if he would send me his camel, I would send it back with the chastity belt on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: where, where are you located?
18: Where, I'm in Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport. Um, yes sir.
1: I, I love Shreveport. I've been through there several times. Now, tell me, last well, time we talked to you, which I believe was in 2010, that was about six years ago, you had mentioned you yes. were going to be working on a dog bra at that time. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's what
2: you said.
18: I, do, I did say that, and I do remember it. Uh, and that, that was for females that uh, uh, you want to show maybe that had puppies or something. And you could after she weaned the puppies, you could hurry up and... Uh, help draw them up, but this has been so overwhelming from selling product all over the world. This is a very specialty niche market. We've been just too busy to, you know, actually do anything else with selling product in 90-plus countries.
1: Sure, sure, 90-plus countries. I think, you know, Pabs is uh, it's a good name, but I think, you know, you're, you're into the, uh, not lingerie, but the undergarment business, and, you know, Victoria's Secret did very well. I'm thinking maybe Dexter's Secret would actually... <laughs> Might, might sell I like more.
18: That. Really, I like that.
1: <laughs> I'm just throwing I like that, that a, a lot. Just throwing that out there. That's free, by the way. You can take that idea and run with it.
18: <laughs> I like that, man. Uh, okay.
1: So if pe- if people want to get a chastity belt for their dog, how do they do that? How much does it cost? First of all,
18: uh, we, they retail for 49.99. Okay. Um, you could go to the website at uh, papsforpets.com. dot com and order a chastity belt, and we'll try to get it out of here fast as possible because most of the people see the blood, and they want it right then. So it has to get out of here fast. Yeah, I understand that. Okay.
2: okay, before you go, what is your saying?
18: Stop it, block it, lock it, The on breathing system.
1: Stop it, block it, lock, lock it. it. I love it. Okay, Dexter, thank you so much for spending time with us today. The website, Pabs for Pets. Don't forget, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Dexter Blam's, the president of Highly Favored Creations, joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405 in just a couple of seconds here.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or
8: cats, horse or any. Hospitals and nursing homes are taking down their no-dogs-allowed signs. Medical studies show that people who own a pet make fewer trips to the doctor. Pets can help calm people with high blood pressure. And just the act of petting a pet can release the feel-good hormones in humans, helping many patients with depression. There are numerous studies that show the positive effect of owning a dog from getting some exercise while walking a dog to companionship for shut-ins. All these big medical studies just show what we knew all along. Life is better when you share it with a pet. Have you hugged yours today? I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too.
11: Hello Animal Radians, it's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, 5 Trends Seen at Global Pet Expo. I recently attended one of the largest pet expos for the pet industry, Global Pet Expo, which is hosted by the American Pet Product Association and the Pet Industry Distributors Association. It's one of the largest pet industry showcases in the world, featuring more than a thousand exhibitors and many thousands of pet products. Each year this show serves as the trendsetter for what pet parents will see in the stores over the following year. This year there were several trends that I saw developing. Let's start with the trend of functional and healthy treats. That's right, the pet treat market continues to expand, but increasingly this expansion is based on functionality and health. We saw a plethora of new treat releases, many of them with enhanced benefits both in the ingredients as well as the functionality of what the treats do for the health of our pets. From dental improvements to addressing specific health conditions, and even serving as meal replacements and more, the pet treat world seems to be increasing in size, but also, more importantly, in impact to our pets' health. Next up was technology. Technology is always touted, and from the way things are being developed to the way they're being manufactured, technology continues to revolutionize the pet industry. Toys to trackers and much more have technology included which can improve not only playtime, but monitoring of your pet's health, their activities, and so much more. On the health front, we saw an innovative new product for dogs with diabetes that had a blood testing unit similar to that of humans with diabetes. And that's right, dogs can get diabetes, and it's been a challenge to keep track and manage it. But now we're seeing the human solutions transitioning over to the pet world. It's not that surprising considering that many of the trends that we feel help us humans will also help our pets. Next is the overall push to make things healthier, greener, and to educate folks about them. It's encouraging that nearly every booth I walked into, and I walked into a lot of them, touted what they were doing to improve their products to provide better health outcomes for their customers. Additionally, The continued drive to have a more positive impact on Mother Earth was also prevalent. And finally, it was good to see that many companies were not just putting out products, they were putting a big emphasis on educating pet parents about the reasons their products were being created. Now the better companies are informing us the whys and hows of products and the impact it can have for our pets. The pet product industry is alive and thriving, and it continues to grow and improve, which is a positive thing. I want you to share your ideas on what pet products you hope to see soon on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: It's Animal Radio, toll free 1-866-405-8405. Still reeling over our last interview with Dexter Blanche, inventor of the dog chastity belt.
2: Yeah, we gotta, it take us a few minutes to get over that one.
1: Well, there's so much controversy over early yeah. spay and neuter now. A lot of people say go through the first heat, and that's so wrong, isn't it?
3: Well, it really depends on the animal. For small breeds of dog, um, it's not necessarily something that we recommend for decreasing the risk of uh, cruciate ligament injury or certain cancers. A lot of these things are more in large breed dogs that uh-huh. we're talking about, especially like um, so. the early, earlier spay neuter may increase the rate of uh, growth issues or cruciate ligament injuries. So if you've got a little toy pool, that's yeah, not going to be as likely as seeing a large a golden retriever that's in an agility sport or something like that. Sure. So that might be something to consider, but uh, I, I hazard to say it. there's a one-size-fits-all for this anymore.
4: How does spay or neutering affect their cruciate ligament injury chances?
1: You know, I was going to ask that, and all I was thinking <laughs> was that maybe that they're not chasing after no, other animals. The no,
3: they growth plates. Oh, there's the growth the, plates, Yeah, right? it relates to how they grow from the bone, So they tend to ah. get earlier spayed, neutered dogs tend to grow more lanky and long in the bone and um, they're more prone to the ligament injury than those that grow with a more typical growth rate and um, so so that's one thing to consider now if someone is concerned their pet is going to get uh, bred um, or they're in a situation where they can't control the dog exposure from neighborhood dogs or the potential a dog jump in the fence then spaying that dog earlier may be beneficial more beneficial for that pet's livelihood than worrying about the risk of, you know, a potential orthopedic problem down the road. So I think that's where you got to really kind of keep in mind what we're, what the concerns are for these guys. Mm,
1: Okay. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, now's the time to call toll free 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They're Kindle books over at amazon.com and we have links from animalradio.com. Hi, Steve. How are you doing?
5: I'm doing good, and, and before we go to talk to Dr. Debbie, I got a little thing for uh, Joey. Okay, jo- Joey.
1: He's—I uh, don't think he can hear me, but he's wh- over
2: there eating donuts, probably.
5: What? What is <laughs> it? Oh heck! Well, you're all—you <laughs> got a thing for an intro for Joey. Uh, how about Joey's clip tip for a happy and healthy pet? Joey's-, Joey's clip
1: tip. I like it. Joey's clip
16: tip. <laughs>
5: You know, you can always you can always do it. Hey, it's time for Joey's clip tip with yeah. a healthy and happy pet.
1: Steve, was that your Italian accent?
5: Uh, well I'm not I'm Hungarian I'm Irish and Cherokee, so <laughs> there's no Italian in me. Okay,
1: <laughs> We know we don't make sure make sure that Joey hears that tip there from Steve. Steve, wh- how can we help you today? Well now that you've well, helped us.
5: Well my boss in Terry, I was gonna to talk to Doctor Debbie. I wanted to ask about uh he he keeps picking up his right, left rear leg every once in a while, like it's hurting him. But okay. I have gone, and I've looked at it, manipulated his little foot, and it doesn't seem to bother him. And i felt up his leg. And, like, when you get to the knee, instead of being nice and even going around at times, you can actually run your fingers around, and then there's an indentation.
11: Mm, okay. I'm just
5: wondering if that might be a dislocated knee at... Any point in time it might slip back and forth.
3: Gosh, you know, Steve, you are so good, man. I'm going to give you your an instant veterinary degree here because you're very <laughs> close to diagnosing this. From what you're describing, what I am really think of in small breed dogs, when we have problems in the back leg where they kind of have that intermittent lameness where they kind of pick up their leg and almost skip on it and then put it back down, what I really think about is a luxating kneecap or a luxating patella. And you might actually feel an indentation where that kneecap should be when it pops out of place. So yeah, if you're feeling that, um, and in some dogs that can be a very subtle thing in others, it's, it's a smack in the face. It's very obvious, but you know, if your pet is actually having some limping related to this, then I would encourage you to get a good checkup and maybe some x-rays because with lexating patellas in some cases we'll go with medications. And in other cases, really surgery would be very important to help prevent the onset of a Advanced arthritis and even deformation of that leg. Um, well, but yeah, that's uh, ne-
5: another thing. That was another thing I was going to ask you because I can actually notice when I'm walking behind him that his little left foot will pigeon
3: toe in. And, and you're, you're, what you're describing is already kind of into the, the upper grades of a possible kneecap luxation. When that happens, the forces on the kneecap are kind of pulling things inward, so the lower part of the leg can rotate and actually become deformed. So it's not too late to, you know, to intervene if you're seeing that. But it would warrant definitely to have that looked at. Um, for milder cases like i said some things like joint supplements rest weight management um, arthritis medicines things like that but otherwise surgery is actually very useful for a certain population of dogs and can make them very comfortable afterwards so
5: yeah i would definitely get it he's like two and a half he's not overweight he's got a really good form to him and uh it doesn't seem you know he doesn't whimper or nothing and just like when i was messing with it it doesn't seem to hurt them and I'm hoping it's something that doesn't need surgery.
3: Yeah, well certainly I would hope so too. Now the interesting thing and I always will point this out is we always as humans expect our dogs to cry when their legs hurt them. And they're just not going to do that unless you've really got a broken leg or something really over the top painful. But for pets with chronic arthritis or chronic orthopedic problems you're not gonna have a dog vocalizing about that problem. If you see any abnormal movement, any limping or change in the way they move, that's your sign. That is the sign that something is not right. So. Don't hold up for the crying, or you're going to miss a very important part where um, he is painful, but in a milder case. So.
1: See, animals are so much smarter, and they don't cry, and they, they, they handle things so much more maturely than any human would. Well, you
2: know, it's, it's nature, because in the wild, they couldn't show weakness, because then they would be preyed upon.
1: You know, I learned so much on this show. Okay, the dogs want to get out for their walks. I've noticed they're all uh, clawing at me right now. <laughs> To get outside, so we're going to take them out. Hopefully, you'll do the same. Take your cats out, put them on a leash, take them out for a little walk, or your iguanas, whatever you have. Your flamingos, flamingos need to get exercise too. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful day. Probably where you are, and it's time to get out and spend some time with your animals because that is the best present you can give them: is your time and your love. Don't forget, if you need your fix, visit us over at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, and we'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio.
4: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And remember to do something great for a shelter dog this week. True Dad.